Alrighty, everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian bringing you a new episode of Monday Madness on June 5th, 2023. That's right, we are already getting pretty deep into June, which means in not too much more time, we will be finished with the first half of 2023. A slow year if you look at commodity prices alone, but there's definitely been a lot going on behind the scenes, and it seems that things are starting to get restless. I'm very excited about the story that we focus on today, and before we get into that, we've got to start with the statistics. Sit back, relax, maybe even grab a drink, and let's get into some Monday Madness. Commodity prices are in a bit of a frenzy right now. If you checked the price last week, you would know that it opened around $73, WTI specifically, and fell as low as $67.25. It was not a fun time to be watching the charts. Then, some grumbling started to occur internationally, and the price jumped back to 70 after some news from the OPEC meeting and continued to build until trading closed for the weekend. When markets returned, the price opened just shy of $74, and now we have a seemingly stabilized price of about $72.5 at the time of recording this podcast. Now, I know I teased a little bit of news, which we will definitely get into, but we still have to be careful saying what was responsible for price movement. I mean, it's easy to look at the headlines and go, oh, well, it was this, it was that, when it's not always the case. Sometimes it's pure volatility. Sometimes we don't know at all. This is one of the larger price swings upward in recent weeks, but it came off the back of a less-than-ideal inventory report, so you don't really know what it is. WTI is doing well for the moment, but there is no telling why or for how long that will remain true. As you can imagine, Brent was dragged upwards as well, and outpaces WTI by about $4.5, which is slightly larger of a spread than we've seen recently, but again... We've got a lot of aggressive and volatile movement, so just wait for that to settle out a bit. This has been all pretty good news for oil, and surprisingly enough, it extends to gas. Natural gas, that is. Well, I mean, sort of. This time last week, the price was about 234 and from there, it only went down. Around the same time WTI made its jump, natural gas started trending upward too, but not any higher than it was a week ago. At the time of writing the script, the price is just about 230 and... I don't have a lot of confidence that it will maintain a flat trajectory. It'll probably head right back down to where it was. Overall, decent news for WTI, and we will delve into the means a little bit later. Next up, the terminally falling rig count. Another double-digit downfall as we lose 15 rigs last week, bringing the total to 696, or 31 fewer rigs than we had this time last year. Last time we had less than 700 rigs was April of 2022, while we were on the way up. Lots of basins fought to lose the most rigs, but the Eagleford, Haynesville, Permian, and Williston each lost two rigs. Right behind was the Ardmer Woodford and Cannon Woodford that each lost one. This brings Texas's state total down six, Oklahoma's down three, and Louisiana's down two. Pulling up the rear is New Mexico, North Dakota, and Wyoming, with one rig less each. The Gulf of Mexico somehow didn't lose one, so it remains at a total of 20. Strangely, almost all of the rigs that were laid down were drilling horizontally and targeting oil. The rig count certainly looks strange, and if you really want to see something weird, go ahead and plot the EIA's duck count for the last three years using each month of data as a set in its own trend line. That's all I'll say about that one. Our last statistic to visit before the news is, of course, Thirsty Thursday, brought to you by Nick Fernhout. As always, head on over to www.rarepetro.com to read it yourself. 
If you're short on time, I'll do my best to relay all the important information. This week's 4.5 million barrel build comes on the back of last week's 12.5 million barrel draw. The forecast was for another draw, but obviously we aren't seeing that. The API reported a slightly larger build of 5.2 million barrels while also forecasting a draw. There's nothing too exciting to report on concerning the ups and downs as of late because last week's huge draw, it's just the regularly scheduled ebb and flow of the crude oil inventories. Gasoline stocks remain relatively flat after dropping for a few weeks, which spells well for the price of gas, which has been creeping higher and higher over the past several weeks. While gas is technically cheaper this week compared to last week, it might be hard to tell considering it's by a difference of less than one cent. If you want to save some money on gas this week, I think you already know where to go. Mississippi. Diesel also cheapened this week by about two cents on average nationwide. Distillate stocks made a slight comeback this week. Meanwhile, propane and propylene are overachieving. Thanks again, Nick, for that great analysis. Now, for the news I had been alluding to. Saudi Arabia has agreed to some new production cuts for a month, 1 million barrels per day to be exact. That may not seem too out of the ordinary until you throw in some speculation they voiced. Now, l let me say first that that tidbit I just gave you came from oil price, and this next part that I'm about to deliver, I did my best to trace this information back to something official and public, but I was not able to, so please keep that in mind. This was a tidbit that was sent my way that I think is just really fresh and doesn't have a lot of major media at its back at the moment, though I do expect it will eventually. Quote, Breaking OPEC statement. Canadian Natural Resources and Suncor have been identified as major naked oil shorters. By executing daily ladder attacks, the companies openly sell millions of synthetic oil barrels per year, suppressing benchmark oil prices. OPEC intends to notify regulatory authorities and calls on all oil companies and investors to alert their congressmen to this destructive Canadian conspiracy. Okay, so what the hell does that mean? Let's define a few things. First... A naked shorter is just a simple way to say that someone is shorting a share that they either don't own or can't confirm is available. Now, in the case of oil and futures, it's always been pretty unlikely that a barrel of oil is traded and not available, but that could be changing at present. Saudi Arabia is essentially claiming that these companies are placing bets on oil that may not even exist and in turn driving down the price. This brings us to a ladder attack. Bidders on the market, typically hedge funds with vast amounts of capital, are just putting in lower and lower bid prices between themselves in the form of options. The trick is that there may be a lot of options, but little to no volume on actual trades in comparison to that huge volume of shorts being made. So that stock looks like it's falling in value despite nothing really changing in the short term. Here's a little thought exercise to help clarify. Let's say you and your pals are hanging out and you see that your neighbor is selling a relatively new F-350 with all of the package options. He's asking for $25,000. While you negotiate with your neighbor, one of your friends walks up and says, How about I just sell you mine for eighteen dollars Same package, color, and miles. You agree and leave the neighbor's driveway, but you don't actually buy your buddy's truck. Instead, you wait until he's grilling out on his porch the next day while you and your buddies are hanging out on yours. At one point, the buddy who offered to sell you his truck, whether or not he actually has one, says, Man, F-350s are garbage and always breaking down. Won't you just take mine off my hands for 12000 
And it just so happens that he said it loud enough for your neighbor to hear. The next day, you go up to your neighbor and say, Ah, oh, 25000 That's a pretty crazy ask. One just sold for twelve k. Would you take ten five? If your neighbor ends up selling to you at this ridiculously low price, congratulations. You have convinced your neighbor that his commodity was worth less based on chatter alone and scored a wicked deal. This is the basis of a ladder attack, and it only becomes more effective the more people collude with each other. No commodities trade hands at all, and the price continues to fall. At this point, Saudi Arabia is absolutely pissed because they believe Canadian Natural Resources and Suncor Energy are working together in Canada to influence markets by selling those synthetic barrels. Also, just in case, no, not synthetic like what you would put in your engine, but synthetic in the sense that the volume of oil they are shorting does not even have real-world barrels to back it up. If Saudi Arabia is right, these companies likely won't go down. In fact, this same scenario was the setup for the GameStop fiasco from a few years back. Investors believed that naked short selling had occurred and ladder attacks pushed the price lower so that those options were always in the money before they expired. If the investors were right, the SEC has turned a blind eye or taken a cut of the manipulated profits. I only bring this up to consider what exactly will happen in the context of Saudi Arabia. It's one thing if US regulators conduct or ignore blatant scams within their own borders. It's another thing if Saudi Arabia has to step in and take action on its own behalf. What does that look like? Well, we've talked about that possibility plenty in recent weeks, and it probably looks a lot like charging a real or yuan for barrels of oil rather than American dollars. People will only take the raw end of a deal for so long, especially if it interrupts something that accounts for half of its country's GDP. But folks, that is all we've got for this episode. I know we really only hashed out one topic that may not even have full validity, but it raises concerns that have been valid for a while. Whispers in the energy space have alluded to open market manipulation. Whether or not that is the case, it's still a situation that deserves a little bit of attention. Rare Petro believes that it is important to understand all aspects of energy because it is only a matter of time before any of the information you have learned becomes applicable. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, and until we see you next time, take care everybody.